This may be a little bit different for anyone who's watching along live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, but it's 10.30 in the morning, and Matthew and I are getting ready to do a podcast. Matthew, are you ready to do a Pacific Division preview finally? Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely am. Um, it's good to start the day with two pods. Yeah, let's, for let's those it, of, for those of you who are uh, interested, we were on the Solar Panel podcast this morning with uh, Ethan and Zona and Dave King doing our, our predictions and such, and yeah. Look at this little oh, friend. Oh, look at that. Look, it's the it's the broadcast premiere of Smudge. Oh, is that the, the newest... mascot? Yeah, this is this is the Sun's Jam Session mascot. This is uh, Smudge. <laughs> Smudge, say something. All right, she's just going to destroy it. She's going to destroy it. <laughs> All right, so I'm just going to throw her onto the bed. <laughs> Sorry about that, Smudge. Uh, but welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Sun's Jam Session podcast. We're super excited because guess what? In five days, is it four days? When is five it? Days. Five, five days. days. Wednesday. Mm, five days the regular season begins uh and so too will answer all of the questions that we've had leading up to this season in a very interesting off season so we've done a lot of our previous division previews we've done every division in the nba so if you haven't watched those episodes or listened to those episodes you can simply go back in our feed and you can find out what our thoughts and ideas are relative to those different divisions as well as just get to know some of the new rosters i think that's one of the fun things about doing the division previews is you go through and you're like, oh, shit, I didn't realize, you know, Mo Harkless isn't on that team anymore. Just yeah. like when I wrote a piece for Brightside this week and I had all these trade <laughs> trade <laughs> options with the with the fucking uh, who, who was it with? Oh, with the Hawks. Mo Harkless, it wasn't even on the team. I was like looking at the cap sheet. I'm like, well, he's there. He moves around so much, man. That he guy, does. any podcast I listen to during the season or even uh, during the summer, I swear they mentioned that guy on a different team. Yeah. Every pod. Like, him and Ty Ty Washington Jr. were like guys that are like, got handed to like they six different teams this offseason. Huh? So yeah, they're all over the place. So we're going to go ahead. We're going to d- preview finally the division in which the Phoenix Suns reside, the Pacific Division, as well as play a little game at the back end of the podcast called Are We Sure? where I totally ripped this off from the Bill Simmons podcast because I thought it was a good idea. We asked some questions. Are we sure whether or not these things are going to happen or not, or or the confidence level in these things as we ultimately prepare for the regular season? So Matthew, it's 1030 in the morning. I know you got a nice cold beer in front of you. I do. Actually, I have um, a little bit of creamer to put into my beer. Okay. Some stars. So let me go and pop that open. I like that. I I have, I have nothing. I have a a half thing of water. I have a cat. I have a little kitten. My grand kitty is running around here. So uh, cheers, Suns fans. Let's preview this Pacific Division already, all right? Pacific Division, home, as we like to call it, for your Phoenix Suns, a team a division that includes the Sacramento Kings, the Los Angeles Lakers, the Los Angeles Clippers, the Golden State Warriors, and your Phoenix Suns. So as we get prepared to uh, um, to just take a look at this division in its totality, knowing that these are the teams that we're going to see the most often, the teams that we have those different rivalries with. Uh, you, you start off by taking a look at kind of how the uh, how it's going to play out relative to odds when it comes to uh, who's going to win the division. Matthew, who do you think has the best odds to win its divisions per DraftKings right now? The best odds? I think it's going to be uh, the Warriors. Is it the Warriors? I don't know. I'm trying to look it up. On oh, okay. <laughs> You're like, I want you to talk a little bit so I can bring it up. Like, yeah. Is it, who is Loading. It? Uh, well, it come, it ends up being the Clippers. They're a plus 180 to win this division. The Golden State Warriors are a plus 195. Your Phoenix Suns are a plus 225. The Lakers are a plus 800. And the Sacramento Kings are a plus 40,000. Wow. So, But as we've gone through and we've previewed these different divisions, what you'll notice is the this is a division that is very compressed. Uh, with the top four, generally it's you know one or two teams have really good odds to win the division. Everybody else is kind of like you know plus ten thousand, plus twenty thousand. The Lakers are the fourth best have have the fourth best odds to win this division. They're a plus eight hundred. So you know what that tells me is Vegas is looking at this as probably the toughest division in basketball. Would we want it any other way, Matthew? 
No, I feel like the last few years we've been going into this into the season and we just always say like this is the hardest division and then things kind of fall apart for these teams like the Lakers and Clippers. The Lakers, you know, they're so looked down on this year by a lot of people. Uh, they might surprise some 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 people and they might make a big trade still. So if the Lakers can actually pull off a trade for Res- Russell Westbrook and maybe get a decent player, which LeBron has never really done. I feel like any player he trades for other than Anthony Davis is kind of just a joke. If they can do that, then this even gets worse. It even gets a lot a lot mm-hmm. more hard for the Suns this season. So we'll see, dude, because this is kind of wide open. It's it's a weird division because a lot of it's wide open, except for Sacramento. But Sacramento might be a play-in team. Yeah, it's, it's crazy to think that even Sacramento, who we're going to preview here very shortly, they're over-under 33.5. That's one of the highest, if not the highest, uh, projected win total for anybody mm-hmm. who uh, is – projected to be the worst team in the division. You know, typically it's around 23, yeah. 24. No, it's 33 and a half for the Sacramento Kings. Dwig24 in the chat. Uh, thank you for joining us. Make sure you hit the thumbs up button if you are doing so. If you're listening on the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review as well. He says, thank God divisions don't matter in the NBA. The Pacific would be a nightmare if its standings had playoff ramifications. And that's one thing I am grateful for because, you know, I asked the question a little bit earlier to you, Matthew. Would you want it any other way? Yes. I would love to be in the division where we're the clear-cut favorite and we're just going to wipe the floor with everybody. But every team that we're going to play, even the Sacramento Kings, has a high a high projected win total, and that's ultimately going to decrease the win total for the Phoenix Suns, I feel. There's going to be games where, you know, back-to-backs, some of those, you know, like baseball-style back-to-backs where you're in Portland twice in a row, which mm-hmm. isn't applicable because Portland's in a different division. But this is a team – or this is a division that's going to throw a lot of – a lot of fastballs at you. And even though Los Suns says it in the chat, he says when Westbrook got injured, right? Yeah. He got injured last night, but you know, who, who knows how long that's probably be. better for the team though. Right. hundred percent. And what he they're going to do a lot of problems. Yeah. Uh, you're hundred percent. Right. I could, yeah. that's exactly where I was going to go with that. It's like the team's going to see what they are without Westbrook and realize like, Oh uh-huh. shit, we can absolutely trade this guy and get something in return. That's going to bolster our opportunity to win the Pacific division. Yeah, and the the Pacific Division is basically like Texas of the United States. It just needs to be its own league. It, it needs to be its own its own country. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I feel like it can be its own league and make its own money. You know, just kind of depart from the rest of the NBA. It's a pretty good idea, I think. Well, I mean, between like Golden State and the Lakers, you know, just their brands alone. I wonder how what the percentage they carry of like the marketability of oh, the entire league because the Lakers are you know one of the 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 biggest. Uh, most recognized brands in the world. And then you got the Warriors who are one of the most popular teams of the last decade. Every kid you see is walking around like a little Steph Jersey. And, you know, you just kind of, when you're walking down the sidewalk and you see a kid in Steph Jersey, you just kind of accidentally like, you know, trip them. You'll bop them on the back of the head on accident. Yeah. You know, you got to fly. Oh. Sorry, dude. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I was just trying to help you out, man. Sorry. Mosquito. And then you're, mosquito. you're in prison for a couple of years. But it was yeah. Worth it. But it was worth it. Exactly. Those, those warrior fans <laughs> need to be bopped in the head every now and then. So, uh, let, let's pop into the first team we got. That's the Sacramento Kings, ladies and gentlemen. 33.5 win total, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, they added via free agency KZ Akpala from OKC. Uh, Malik Monk, who we saw play against the, the Phoenix Suns this past Wednesday in the final preseason game from the Los Angeles Lakers. And Matthew Delavadova from the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, via trade, they earned Kevin Horter. The Red Mamba is now playing in Sacramento, again, as we saw last Wednesday. Uh, in the draft, they had the fourth overall pick with, in which they took Keegan Murray and then Jaden Hardy, the 37th overall pick. They lost Je- Josh Jackson to Toronto, who was waived by that team this morning. Yeah, uh, Damian Jones, the former center for the Phoenix Suns, to the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, Justin Holiday and Mo Harkless to Atlanta in that trade for Kevin Horter. Uh, and then their 37th overall draft pick, Jaden Hardy, they traded to Dallas for cash considerations. Free agents still remaining on the roster, uh, Jeremy Lamb. And then if you take a look at their projected starting five, De'Aaron Fox, Davion Mitchell, Harrison Barnes, Keegan Murray, and DeMontis Sabonis. So this is a team that a lot of people really are, you know, taking a look at pretty aggressively, uh, especially when it comes to the betting lines, because of their win total. A lot of people think that they're going to exceed the 33 and a half. It, 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 the line actually started at 31 and a half, and it's moved up because so many people are taking the over. What is your take on the Sacramento Kings, especially considering that we just saw them last week, Matthew? Yeah, I think they have to be they have to be taken over, and I think they have to be in the playing tournament this year. They have to 
kind of exceed those expectations for once. This is a team that has great jerseys, a new arena, a newer arena. It's a nice a great, arena, man. Great it looking really is. court. Yeah, it's like they have everything there for a good franchise. They finally have a team that has a lot of promise. Keegan Murray is going to be awesome to watch. Davion Mitchell with Darian Fox in the backcourt. No matter how much crap Fox takes, I feel like he still has an opportunity this year to kind of redeem himself. He needs to. The signing of Sabonis was actually looking better than it was before. Last year, everyone was crazy because they signed, they got Sabonis, and then they let go of what is his name again? For some reason, it's escaping me. Who was the guy they let go of last year? Marvin Bagley. No, no, no. Oh, the, the trade. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah, Halliburton. And yeah. Halliburton was like, you know, their future. But now it's looking like maybe it was a good decision because you have those two in the backcourt. And then you have the uh, the rookie, Keegan Murray, who's going to look fantastic. Harrison Barnes, of course, is older. But uh, the thing is, Malik Monk and Delvin Dova, those are two big add-ons, including Herder. Like, you just have those eight players that just the mix and match. It's going to look awesome on the court. And also, Josh Jackson, are his shoes just too big for him or something? Is that why he keeps getting cut? <laughs> I feel like something's going on there. But uh, no, no, I, I'm excited because I think the Kings are a team that we can all root for. I said it last podcast. They're not a team that we hate. Yeah. So if they do well, it'll be nice for the NBA. It'll just look better, and it'll be easier to watch this team whenever the Suns play them because we play them in the same division. And it, it's like every time we play the Kings, it's just so depressing. Now it's actually a challenge. It'll be something fun to watch. Well, it's interesting because, you know, the Kings, you mentioned a lot of great points about this, this roster offensively. This is a team that's going to get some wins simply because they have what I feel is going to be some really good offense. You have a bunch of people who can score. You have veteran presence in both Harrison Barnes and Demontis Sabonis with this team. Uh, I think that the challenge that they're going to have is kind of the challenge that they always have. Right. And that's just defensively. Demontis Sabonis isn't a great defender. Um, I don't think, you know, Davion Mitchell has a little bit more dog in him. De'Aaron Fox is a turnstile at times. Uh, Harrison Barnes isn't a great defender. You know, again, they have Malik Monk on, on the, uh, on the roster. Alex Len is the backup five. You know, they, they don't have the depth that I think is going to be necessary to hit that win total. And I think that this is one of those, like, if you're a betting man, I would take the under on the Kings this year. I just, I do. I think that, you know, culture is a real thing. And I think that the, the, the Kings lack that winning culture. And even though that they, you know, Keegan Murray is an exciting prospect, he'll forever be a, one of those guys, much akin to Marvin Bagley, much akin to a lot of their picks. It's like somebody really special went right before him in the draft with Jaden Ivey to the Detroit Pistons. And they're going to be compared and, and held to that standard of what Jaden Ivey is doing. I think Keegan Murray is an exciting prospect, but he's a rookie. You know, this is going to be his first foray into the physicality of the NBA season. And it'll be interesting to see how he reacts to that and how his body holds up to that. You know, I mean, the, the four position is, you know, one, he's, he's going to get a couple elbows in the ribs this year and I don't, it's going to knock the wind out of him. Um, so I think that, you know, again, 33 and a half, like I would take the under on this team. Sacramento is okay. still Sacramento. And to your point, Matthew, I agree. Like the Kings are a team that no one ever goes, oh man, they hurt my feelings because they beat us in a playoff round. Nobody in the past 20 years can say that because they haven't done it in almost 20 years. They're yeah. the longest standing team in all professional sports not to make a playoff appearance. It's been since the Biddy, Doug Christie era, you know, uh, Peja Stoyakovich, Chris Weber. That's the last yeah, time even that team in the was playoffs. Sucked. Yeah, I know. And they got screwed. And this yeah, team might did. just always be. There's just teams like that in sports where they just they get screwed all the time. And maybe they're one of those teams because they have an opportunity where they can put something together here really special and it's kind of flying under the radar. And if they go under, it's a big disappointment this year. So I hope not, man, just for all those fans out there. Well, what I think will be really interesting as we navigate this season is, again, this is a team that they're trying to get themselves out of this negativity. They're trying to mm -hmm. get past this decade, you know, almost two decades worth of losing. Right. But they're playing in the division where, you know, they're going to play the Suns and the Lakers and the Clippers and the Warriors, what, four times each. That's yeah. not easy. Um, they're going to be playing in the West. That's not easy. And if they don't have success early on in this season, this might be one of those teams that goes, okay, I don't know if they go into full-on tank mode because it's there's going to be some other teams that are going to be tanking pretty hard. But the way that the structure is relative to get, getting that first overall pick, you know, if you're a top eight worst team, you have a chance at getting Zion, right? I mean, the Pelicans, what, were the, what was their record when they got Zion? They were like a the fifth worst team in the NBA or something. So yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. So there's definitely that possibility. So you might be able to see them trade off an asset or two. Uh, De'Aaron Fox obviously is very interesting. I doubt that anything would happen with the Suns in him, 
Um, but he is on the second year of a five-year, $163 million contract. It's a big one. Uh, it's one that's it going to have it's going to have value here in a couple of years, though, with the, the TV rights deal. It'd be interesting if they finally move on from Fox. They had a chance to last year, and they gave away Tyrus Halliburton. And I'll tell you, and I've told this story before, uh, I went to a Kings game last year when I was up in the Sacramento area, and everybody in the stands, this, it was against Brooklyn. It was, it was James Harden's last game as a Brooklyn net. Everyone in the stands was wearing Tyrese Halliburton jerseys, and then they traded him like two weeks later. Yeah. So, but the thing is with Fox, it's like the number, the the amount of money he's making is just ridiculous. Because I don't know if he's really a team player, team point guard. That's the thing is like the Suns. If we were to make a move, it's a nice name to add, but I don't know if he's actually a team player, a point guard that can facilitate with you know a guy that can replace Chris Paul, but then can come in and play with DeAndre and play with the wings we have. I don't know if that's him. It just seems nice, but it's kind of like a poor man's version of SGA. SGA, I that's feel like a it's just a call. better prospect. You know what I mean? And that's a lot of money. 30, 32, 32 million, 34, and then 37. That's a lot of money coming up in the next few years. So I wouldn't do that. But he's a name that will probably go probably to the Knicks or something crazy like that. I can see that. Yeah, yeah I can see that too. Like the, they, Even though they, they got Brunson. They pair him with Brunson because the Knicks don't yeah. know what the fuck they're ever yeah, doing. Exactly. So I, I agree. So. Uh, so overall win total, what do you think? Over 33 and a half, under 33 and a half. Yeah, I'm going to say he, they can get to 35. I can see okay. a 35 there, yeah. And is that I, enough for the play-in? That is enough, right? Because the Spurs uh, yeah. made it with like 32 or something crazy Yeah, that's year. that. Or that's definitely that? play-in material. Okay. I just can't see this division sending all five teams to the playoffs. Because, I mean, you know, that's that'd be amazing. That'd be interesting. Uh, yeah. I think it's 27. I think they win 27 games this year. So okay. not only am I taking the under, I'm taking like a hard under on this one. Okay. All right, next up, ladies and gentlemen, your favorite team to talk about, the Los Angeles Lakers, okay? In a city that has no lakes. Uh, 45 <laughs> and a half is the uh, over-under win total per DraftKings. A lot of roster movement this year, but nothing really, I feel, substantial. Uh, they added via free agency. They got Lonnie Walker the fourth from San Antonio. They added, as uh, Ford mentioned with the Kings, Damian Jones from the Sacramento Kings. They got Dennis Schroeder from Houston, Thomas Bryant, from Washington, Troy Brown Jr. from Chicago, Juan Toscano Anderson from Golden State, and Matt Ryan from Boston and the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, via trade, they acquired Patrick Beverly, and in the draft at the 35th overall pick, they took Max Christie. They lost THT to Utah and Stanley Johnson to Utah in that Patrick Beverly trade. Uh, Malik Monk, they lost to Sacramento, again, uh, aforementioned. And a lot of guys they just didn't bring back this year that still remain free agents, and the list is quite long. Avery Bradley. Wayne Ellington, Dwight Howard, Carmelo Anthony, Kent Bazemore, TJ Augustine, Mason Jones, and Mac McClung. That is quite the list of guys that are like, okay, we tried you last year. You're not working this year. Uh, their projected starting five, obviously, this is, graphic was made before Russell Westbrook went down, but who cares? Russell Westbrook at the point with uh, Pat Bev playing the two. LeBron James at the three. Anthony Davis at the four. Thomas Bryant at the five. Although we will definitely see variations where – LeBron James is playing the four and Anthony Davis is playing the five thoughts on the Los Angeles Lakers this year. I think they can, they'll probably, they might finish under, but like last year they had 33 wins. I think they can get to 45. At least there's just something that goes with adding uh, Patrick Beverly with, to your team. I think he does bring kind of that toughness and winning. It's cheesy. I just think he kind of, he kind of does. I think they needed that guy on this roster and with Westbrook getting hurt, I know they were talking about him playing off the bench and you know, they could say whatever about chemistry and all that shit, but him being hurt now, I think that it kind of helps with the chemistry. I think it's, it's something where he'll be hurt, but then it kind of hurts his trade value. But then what are you going to get back from him? Mm -hmm. uh, I just, the thing is with their starting five, it's only the two with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. It just, it's, we're going to be talking about the Clippers soon, but like some of these teams that are just getting older and the injury thing, like I think that's just who they are. It's kind of like the running backs in the, in the NFL, right? When you, they start kind of getting hurt, they kind of start falling off. I think that just happens. And with LeBron, I'm not going to say it's a, going to be a regression year, but he doesn't have the energy to put up with losing anymore. Right. Like a Tom Brady and how like, you know, they get so pissed off when they're on the court or on the field when they're losing. It's just like, these old guys in the NBA, they just can't deal with it anymore. So if they're losing, it gets to their head, and then they just want more support. Then they're calling, they're going to try to look for a trade this this uh, this trade deadline, and I don't know who that can be. So as I'm going through this, my mind is just going in all different uh, different areas because I just don't know what I'm looking at here with this team, man. Because 
by the end of the year, the roster is going to look completely different. Westbrook will not be on this team. That'd be crazy if he still is. Anthony Davis is probably going to be hurt. And I just, it's pretty awesome. I feel great. So 45 <laughs> wins. Whatever the hell I was just saying, dude, because honestly, when you look at this and all these names scattered everywhere, it's just like, what the fuck is going on with this team? So that's what the biggest takeaway for me is. I'm with you there 100%. This is a team that lacks direction. Um, it's a team that's trying to plug in things and, and trying to find a way to win. Uh, but when you when you flip this many assets, it's just continuity. I mean, you're going to spend the first three months of the season just trying to understand who you are and what your rotations are. And we saw this last year with the Lakers. And then you add injuries on top, and then it, becomes, it compounds itself to the point where you don't truly know who and what your team is. You know, there, there's some decent assets on like Thomas Bryant, a guy I like injury prone, but a guy I like Lonnie Walker, not great, but a guy I kind of like, you know, uh, want Scott Anderson. I think that's a great addition. Even to your point, Patrick Beverly, who a uh, blunted shaman in, in the uh, chat says is a war criminal. I agree with that. Like Pat Bev, the way that he plays basketball is dangerous. I've talked about it time and time again, yeah. but his impact on a team is positive. He's been on teams, you know, I mean, even though he acted like they won the NBA finals when the Minnesota Timberwolves won the play in last year, you know, and he was with the Clippers the year before he brings a certain edge to a team that is undeniably frustrating for the opposition. And it's a team that we're going to go against and we're going to hate Pat Bev even more this year. It's like you took oh, Pat, yeah. you took Pat Bev, you put him on the Lakers. Like he is the ultimate anti-sun now. Um, so I think that, you know, they're, they're trying these different things, but it's not something that, Again, what makes the Phoenix Suns a great team is, and what made the Golden State Warriors a great team is the fact that they have that organic chemistry that we talk about. It's a team that's played a lot of minutes together and understands what their roles are. And when we talk about the Phoenix Suns, that's going to be one of the challenges. Like, you know, the, the, the depth isn't truly defined on this team. So that's why we have some questions about who they are and what they're going to be. The Lakers is just a mishmash of just like, it's like somebody taking a bunch of assets, just throw them against the wall and be like, and, and that's uh, Mona Lisa done. Look at that was amazing. Like it just ain't going to happen. So it feels weird. You know, when I look at the 45 and a half, I also think under on this team as well. I don't think that it's going to work. I think injuries are once again going to happen. And the Westbrook thing is another interesting point of view. We are going to see the Lakers at the front end of this season, not have Russell Westbrook at their services. They're going to see how valuable he is not on the court. They're going to try to trade him, but who's going to want him? That's the question. Who is going to want to take his contract and try to uh, make that into a productive roster unless the, the Lakers send picks, which I don't even know if they have picks, if they send picks with it. You know, the, mm -hmm. here, here's a fun question. Okay, you got Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Anthony Davis. Who makes the most amount of money on the team this year? Oh, it's Westbrook. Yeah, 47 million. I was going to say, was it 45? He, uh, dude, and yeah, the money can't buy happiness another guy that's probably mentally broken from lebron like who's next is anthony davis gonna be mentally broken and falling on his knee he's, i mean he's, he's always on the ground he's already physically broken yeah he is but mentally dude like when lebron's done with somebody like they're friends like he can bring back carmelo all he wants because carmelo carmelo had his career already yeah. before lebron but i feel like these guys still think they they have it in them and they can still win lebron will just shut him down but like no you don't like this is my team and you know what? You're kind of gross. Can you just kind of get out of here? That's the way I feel like he kind of treats Westbrook. And it might be Anthony Davis next. And it's nice because LeBron, all he's doing this year is chasing the the most points in NBA yes. history. He's chasing yes. that. Ch chasing and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Everything else I think is out the window. I think the only thing that can drive him is maybe the Steph Curry thing where Steph Curry might get his fifth ring. Yeah. And that'll probably kill LeBron and kill his soul a little bit. And that's good. But I just I don't see where this team will win anything more than maybe an eighth or seventh seed but that's that might be 45 wins right there for an eighth seed or seventh seed in the west yeah i agree i i don't think they're gonna get that high though i really don't i think it's okay. a play-in team i think it's a play a play-in team that's playing on the road in the play-in i don't think the kings are gonna make yeah. it uh into the play-in and i think that the lakers will be like the ninth or the tenth seed uh taddy mason in the chat almost be worth buying a pat bev jersey just to burn it live on sun's jam that would be an amazing moment if we did. I have carpet, though. <laughs> yeah, I got I mean, backyard. I can do it outside. I'll yeah, you can do it outside. I'll yeah. go in the backyard. We'll do a live burning of the uh, the Pat Bev jersey. Oh, man, that's great. All right, let's see. Who should we talk about next? Well, let's just talk about the other team from Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Clippers. Now, this is a team that has a projected win total of 52 and a half. It's one of the top three projected win totals 
in the NBA this season. They added via free agency this year, John Wall from Houston, Moses Brown from Cleveland, and Malik Fitz from Indiana. They didn't trade for anybody. Uh, they did get a 2022 NBA draft pick with a 43rd overall pick. Matthew, can you say that guy's name for me? Oh, Mosa Diabetic. Diabetic. Fantastic. He's going to be great this season. Uh, they lost Isaiah Hartenstein to the New York Knicks and Jay Scrub to the Orlando Magic. Uh, free agents that they still haven't brought back, Rodney Hood and Moses Wright. They're projected starting five. You got John Wall running the point with Norman Powell at two, Kawhi Leonard at the three, Paul George at the four, and Ivica Zubak at the five. Everybody is really, really high on this Clippers team, Matthew. Are you? They, I was more high on this team last year than I am going to this year. Um, of course, you talk about the injuries, all that bullshit. But when it comes down to just winning the game in the end, this is kind of like the lineup you want. I mean, when they got Norman Powell last year, everyone was kind of excited. Who else did they get with him? Uh, it was Norman Powell and uh, uh, Robert Covington. Covington. Those are the two pieces that they kind of wanted to put around Kawhi and Paul George. That was exciting. Um, I think the John Wall thing, though, I think that's going to be kind of like something a little little that might come out of nowhere where people aren't really under the radar where he's just kind of the point guard they need that veteran guy who last year when he played with the rockets he looked pretty good at times but now when he's playing with a team that's his own age that you know <laughs> actually has a chance to win something john wall's never won anything right he's hasn't played i think he only played two years his whole career it seems like what it feels um, like yeah if he can get like the ounce of energy he had last year with the Rockets, I think that's enough to really have this team win at least 50 games. I'm going to take, I think I'm going to take under just because of them sitting. They just don't give a shit about the season. I don't, you know, it's one of those things where we talk about just like the trailblazers, it's the same thing every year. It's like the same shit with, with uh, Lillard and all this other stuff going on. Like, can they actually put together a winning team? It's like, can the Clippers actually put together a team that wants to play every game? No, they're not. So they're going to probably win like 50 games. So I'm going to go under with them. Okay. I think what's interesting about this team, as you mentioned, John Wall is, everybody thinks that, oh, they got John Wall. This team's instantly like, you know, the, the best team in the NBA. In the past four seasons, Matthew, how many games has John Wall played? I want to say 30. He's played 72. Okay. 32. 32 in 2018 slash 19 with the Wizards. 2019-20, did not play with a left heel Achilles infection. 2020-21, the year the Suns went to the NBA Finals, he played in 40 games with Houston. And last year, he sat out. So this is a guy who you know, was an amazing prospect coming out of uh, – God, where did he come out of? Kentucky. He's another Kentucky guy. Mm -hmm. um, first overall pick in the 2010 NBA draft. He's got 10 years of experience. He's only played in 613 games. You know, you look at the playoffs earlier in his career, he got to the playoffs. He's played 37 playoff games. And in those games, he's a 21.9% or 21.9 points per game and 9.8 uh, assists. So I understand kind of the the reason behind, because we've seen kind of the apex of John Wall. And for some reason, a lot of people think that, that the Clippers are getting apex John Wall. Now, I'm sure this factors into the Vegas line. And I'll, I will say this, the thing about the Clippers that makes them uh, scary, if you will, is their depth, right? Because they they still have Marcus Moore Sr. They got Luke Kennard. They got Rocco, as we mentioned. They still got Reggie Jackson, Nicholas Batum. Um, Terrence Mann is still on this team. So they still have a lot. I mean, they, they have a very solid nine. You know, and again, that's the challenge we have with the Suns right now. It's like we can't even name the seventh best player on the team. We can't. We can barely name the sixth. Whereas then they go about nine deep. They go eight deep if John Wall's injured. So to your point, I think that this is a team that's going to benefit for from a couple reasons they're going to benefit from the kings not being as good as everybody thinks the lakers not being good as they want to believe that they are and the fact that you're gonna have a lot of teams tanking this season in an effort to get Wembenyamba. i came close didn't i no that was perfect was that it? was perfect man yeah trying to get that name down because I, I watched him play the, the guy's amazing so a lot of teams are gonna be doing that so they're gonna be giving away games you know when we come to yeah. march and april teams are gonna be giving away games and the Clippers will be one of those teams that are going to benefit it from it, much akin to the Golden State Warriors, much akin to the Phoenix Suns, because th that's when the sweepstakes is truly going to happen. After the trade deadline's done and teams are like, yep, we are full in on the Wemby sweepstakes, there's going to be a lot of easy victories out there. I think the Clippers, to your point, 52 and a half, I can see this team winning about 55 games. Okay, so you're going to go over. And the Paul George, too, I think his level of play last year was really good. The, the playoffs before that year, when he played against the Suns, he looked excellent. 
I think that that's going to really fly under the radar too, where people kind of forget about him. He can be like an MVP candidate this year just because of Kawhi not being healthy, but then also Paul George has his health issues too. So if he can stay healthy, man, this guy has a real good opportunity to win like an MVP uh, vote here or there. And and I know we say that about every team if they stay healthy, but like this is a team yeah. that definitely has the the history. You know, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, John yeah. Wall. I mean, this is literally like a team that health is everything for them because if not, it's yeah. going to be interesting. So next up, the Golden State Warriors. All right, fifty one and a half is their win total. They added via free agency to Michael Green from. Golden State. I don't think I did that right. Anthony Lamb from Houston. Uh, <laughs> in the draft, Patrick Baldwin Jr. with the 28th pick. Tyrese Martin with the 51st pick. Guy Santos with the 55th pick. They lost Otto Porter Jr. to Toronto. Gary Payton the second to Portland. Damian Lee to Phoenix. And Juan Toscano-Anderson to the Lakers. Their starting five projected Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, Kevon Looney. The defending NBA champions, Matthew. Is this a team that is is going to live up to the hype that everybody is is talking about, or is Draymond Green by socking it to Jordan Poole already started in motion drama that this team can't overcome? Yeah, there's uh there's that drama that's going on. I just don't think that it's going to really matter. I think this team when they come out there, they're going to really focus on winning. Uh, they have a lot to prove still, even though they just won the championship. Like because of the whole fight thing, I think that's huge where they have to prove themselves like, hey, we're, we're fine together. But then it might go the other way too, where Draymond is traded. This team is already great without like a Jordan Poole. Like that starting lineup's ridiculous. You can even like towards the end of the games, you'll have Wiggins at the four, Draymond at the center, and you'll mm-hmm. have Jordan Poole in there with Clay and Steph. Like that's their ultimate lineup. So it's almost kind of like unbeatable because Poole can go off too. Um, but this team is something, I think they're going to go over. I think they're going to be like a 53, 52 or 54 win team. But it's going to be one of those things where I think they're going to fight for like the number one seed this year, man. I think they just, they had last year where they still had those doubters. Like a lot of people didn't even pick them to go to the championship. Uh, I think the only person I really heard all the time was Kevin O'Connor really talk about they're going to be in the finals. No one else did. And I think this year now a lot of people are like, yeah, we'll see. Like a lot of they're kind of still flying under the radar a little bit. But this team has a lot to prove. Steph wants that fifth ring. Clay wants it. I just think that they have something something where or when they start the season, they're going to have two options. Either they're going to go up with this team with the drama that's going on, and they're just going to put it under the rug, which it probably should have been. I think the, the punch, yeah, it sucked. I think it was something where it kind of is – because it got out and looked so bad, it's probably worse than it than it really was. Like we just kind of make it – it's kind of overblown a little bit. I know he punched them. But I think that this team kind of just expects these guys to come out and still play hard, whether or not there's drama. And I, it'd be nice if Draymond Green would get traded to the Suns. <laughs> I think that'd be fucking awesome. Well, that's that's something we'll talk about here momentarily. But uh, this is this is an interesting team. This is another team that and and their their win totals high because they have the depth. You know, I mean, James Wiseman is still a part of this team. Jonathan Kaminga is still part of this team. Dante DiVincenzo is part of this team, and I don't think he's on my graphic of people who are new to this team, but they got Dante DiVincenzo. Moses Moody is is a quality. Uh, Andre Iguodala is still around. You know, so, I mean, this is a team that, again, they can sustain any injuries. They can sustain some drama. It's a championship-level team, obviously. It's So the, the, the whole Draymond thing with Jordan Poole, it's it's way overblown, in my opinion. Uh, mm-hmm. does, it, does it forgive what Draymond did? No, but you know what? Like, this is sport. Okay, these guys care. They get uh, it's an aggressive game, and that kind of shit happens all the time. It's just that somebody leaked it. I mean, I want to know who, uh, what happened to the guy who leaked it, right? Because you know yeah. they they found that motherfucker, and that guy is just like he's unemployed, and he he's, well, he's making he got a lot of money. But the thing is, yeah, like TMZ, Patrick, Be- TMZ yeah, Patrick Beverly even said like that doesn't happen. Like no one punches each other, and like if it comes from him saying no one punches, anybody I don't believe two. Practice, I don't believe one word he says. Fuck That's that bullshit. Guy. I I don't know, man. I feel like it happens a lot, and I, think I do too. There's and not to sound bad, but there's always two sides of the story, right? Three. I don't sides. know what was said. Three sides. Yeah, there's three sides. There's, there's your side, my side, and the truth. And the truth. I think Draymond. I'm not saying I'm not excusing him. I'm just saying that. People can't come out and say like, oh, that's disgusting. Like, I can't believe, dude, it's basketball. It's not like a real job. And people get punched at real jobs too. But you know what I mean? Like, then it gets intense. 
And I, it might happen. Like Steve Kerr thinks it happens all the time. He would know. He was the more pissed than anybody that got out. And it looked worse for Jordan Poole that I got out because he's the one that got punched. I think Draymond can come out and play and like have his apology. He'll be fine. I think it'll, I think they'll be fine. I really do. I think so and, too. I think it's and it sucks because I can't stand the Warriors. And I think that this is going to be a team. You know, again, fifty-one and a half. I would take probably the over a slight over on this one. I think they're going to win probably about fifty-three games this season, maybe fifty-four. Uh, okay. And I think that's good enough for you know second seed in the West behind the Clippers. Um, man, maybe third because the Denver Nuggets are going to be the top seed in the West. Yeah, I was like, he said Nuggets last pod, so I don't know. I man. did. I got to stay cotton. I got to keep my continuity between my <laughs> between the podcast. Uh, so. You know, uh, let's see, pulling up a comment here. Can't find it because everyone's commenting so much. So thank you. While you're here, make sure you're hitting that thumbs up button. We truly appreciate it. Uh, Blunted Shaman. Hey, if we if they have to get rid of Draymond, would you guys want to replace Crowder with him? Money, obviously, no object. So it sounds like you are a fan of bringing Draymond Green to the Phoenix Suns, Matthew. Tell For me sure. Why. Yeah, Um, because he's a winner. He's won. And, I, you know, the chemistry thing... It's it's bullshit to me. I think they have chemistry there, good chemistry. They've played together for forever. Jordan oh, yeah. Poole's like a new guy that came in, and Draymond talked about him being like a, a problem with other players, right? But he respected him for it. He liked how he went after other players, and he was an asshole. But it got to Draymond, and I think there's other things that are involved. But if you bring Draymond on a team like this, he's not going to fight anybody. Like, yeah, he would probably go after Booker in practice, and they would have little tiffs. But that's just the way it is. That's the way they fight, and mm-hmm. and. They're not fist fight, but that's the way they play in practice. I think it'd be good for this team, man. I don't, it's a toughness. It's, it's a way better replacement from Crowder, but you're not going to have to worry about a guy that wants all the points. He's going to do all the dirty shit. He can play power forward. It's going to be, it would be fucking awesome. It'd be a dream come true for me. Yeah. I wouldn't mind Draymond on this team. Obviously money, money being no object. I think it'd be a great addition. Yeah, it, It's like having Jake Crowder um, on steroids. Right, because he's your exactly. junkyard god. Because he can grab some rebounds. Because he can assist and facilitate the office and offense and taking some of that pressure off of Chris Paul. I don't see truly a negative outside of the fact that he's just annoyingly outspoken. But you know what? When he's your guy, so you like the annoying, the annoying outspokenness of him. If you yeah. will. Mm-hmm. All right, one more team. We've done every team in the NBA. Last but not least, the Phoenix Suns. Win total projected 52 and a half added via free agency. Dwayne Washington Jr. from the Indiana Pacers and Josh Akogi from the Minnesota Timberwolves via trade from Atlanta. Jock Landell, they got they sent off cash to get him, had no one in the NBA draft. They lost JaVale McGee, who is the starting center for the Dallas Mavericks. Frank Kaminsky and Aaron Holiday both ended up in Atlanta. Free agents not yet signed back from the team. Oh, shit, darn. Alfred Payton and Ify Lundberg and the projected starting five. You know him well, ladies and gentlemen. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, and DeAndre Ayton. Thoughts on this team, Matthew? Well, they've been together for a while, right? I mean, of course, Cam Johnson's a new guy in the lineup, but it's it's deserved, I guess, in a way. Um, but they play together for th- three, this is going to be three straight seasons with this team. And that's really underlooked. I think a lot of people are just projecting them to have an off year because of what happened in the off season, but they know how to play with each other, man. And they're all improving. So there's a lot of expectations, but I think they can meet it. And this is obviously my number one seed in the West. I think they're going to go well over too. So what do you think their final win total is going to be? It's going to be the 60 wins. 60. I'm gonna so, say they, so, yeah. so they're going to go 60 and 22. Yeah, I think they, and it's not gonna be one of those things where they're exerting themselves and they're like so tired. I think it's just one of those things where they play every game hard, definitely, but they have an op, they have that thing where, like you said before, where other teams are gonna be losing, they're gonna be tanking. You have that. And they also have the thing where other teams might fear them in a way and that might play mentally into their heads. I think the Suns can be that way. And I think Booker goes to the next level where he just tries to win every game. And it, it, it hopefully it won't be a bad thing where they get so tired, but. I'm not saying it's an easy 60 wins. I'm just saying it's a 60 wins where it's manageable and it's not going to be as bad as last year where we got so tired towards the end and got COVID or whatever happened. So if you're watching along live on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, please let us know in the comment what your final record thought is for the Phoenix Suns as I delve into mine. Uh, Again, it's 52 and a half is the, the line for their total wins. I'm taking the under. I'm saying that this team will go 49 and 33. Now, I'm not saying we don't go out and win a championship. I think this is a championship-level team. 
But I think that there's some factors that we've already started to talk about as we've watched the preseason, as we've prepared for this season. I think that there's some factors that are really going to play against the Suns. I think depth, obviously, being the number one. When you look at the Clippers, when you look at the Warriors, they have quality depth at every position. We just don't have that. Cameron Payne, I think, is going to is going to digress this year, and it's going to be that constant and consistent struggle. Campaign or Dwayne Washington, like these are conversations you and I are going to have on post game podcasts. And Cameron Payne will get as many minutes as he can as uh, whenever he's healthy because Monty Williams will play him. I don't think that he has what it takes to really run that second team unit. He's a great, you know, if he was three inches taller, he could be a good shooting guard in this league because that's who he is. He's a shooting guard in a point guard position and body, and he's going to be kind of trying to facilitate the offense, but not doing a great job of it. And the lasting impression we have of the preseason is Dwayne Washington, 31 points on 19 shots. You know, mm-hmm. don't forget there was 11 turnovers in there, but 19 shots, 31 points. He was efficient. We think that, Hey, this guy can do it. Uh, I think that the lack of a backup four is going to greatly hurt this team. It's going to be interesting to interesting to see how Monty addresses that. It's something that I will be talking about all season long. Who's getting those backup four minutes. Is it Jock Landell? with Dario Saric playing the five? Is it Dario Saric with Bismack playing the five? You know, how are we going to manage it? And then what does that team look like? Okay. Uh, I think that those are definitely some issues. And then if then you sprinkle in any injuries and that depth is shot. So I think that this is a team that ultimately will, will win um, and play well because of the fact that they have that organic chemistry, that the majority of, and especially the starting five, has played together for the past three seasons. And they know instinctively where each other are at. But I think that there's going to be some regression. Obviously, that's a big regression. You know, they won 64 wins last year. I'm saying that they're going to uh, win what, like 15 <laughs> less this year. Like that's yeah. a massive regression. But I think that Monty Williams is going to try to focus on this team's health and try to hit on all cylinders at the right time. So, the, the you know, over the fall, into the winter, November, December, January, you know, this might be a 500 team. And then we're going to start to see them really ramp up and get ready for that postseason. So they hit that postseason sprinting instead of doing the other thing last year where they were kind of moonwalking through the year. And then they faced the New Orleans Pelicans and they just weren't clicking on all cylinders. And they they kind of lost their identity there at the back end of the season. Yeah. And the only way to have hope this year really is um, for championship. And, and I know it's a regular season. It doesn't matter. But if we can have it where the All-Star game comes up and we have Chris Paul, Devin Booker, but then you're saying that we're going to finish. They're going to be kind of 500 towards the all-star break, but if this would be awesome. So it's kind of like warriors ish. It's like four players that might be an all-star. If, if Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Mikhail Bridges and Deandre Aiden all look like Mm all-stars and there might be, you know, they might be all-stars this year. Then that's like, okay, that's, that's exceeding the expectations that I had. Yeah, it is, but it's very possible. Very. It is. is. I'm just a Suns fan. Who's always pessimist. And I know know this. No, it's fine. It's just that's the growth they need to have to really show us like they have a chance to win because we just need to know we have those four dudes on our team and then Devin Booker going to the next like level where he's just astonishing. He's a player that everyone fears. If that happens, then yes, we can win a championship. But if we're like the same team last year where it's like Booker barely makes a starting lineup or he even makes the starting lineup in the All-Star game, you know yeah. what I mean? We still have that same shit going on with awards and all that. And it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for this team to win in the West to even come out over the Warriors or even, or even a team like the Mavericks. But I know a lot of people aren't looking for the Mavericks to have a good year. But it's just going to be tough, man. No, I I completely agree. So that's that's why I'm probably lower on them than I need to be. But take a look at some of the like comments. It. Buck Dog, one of our elite jamsters. If you want to become an elite jamster, simply visit the YouTube channel, click join, get some exclusive content. You know, like access to Jamsterdam. What? It's uh, coming. Says, he says, first, first seed ain't going to matter when we go, when we go 4-0 in every series. Uh, Low Sun yeah. says, top four guarantee. Suns blackout, 55 wins. Low Suns uh, backs up their previous comment with 54. Uh, Taddy Mason says, 55. Uh, let's see. Anyone else in there? Anyone else in there? Just a lot of yes and no's, um, and that's that's where I <laughs> yeah. that's where I stand with this team. You know, again, okay. uh, I'm probably wrong, but there you go. That's that's my thoughts there. Uh, next game that we'll, we'll play today is, are we sure? And this is essentially, uh, I'm going to ask some questions and then we're going to kind of navigate those questions and see if, you know, whether or not we are sure if uh, this is where we think that this Phoenix Suns team is. So the first question I got for you, Matthew, are we sure that Cameron Johnson is going to live up to our expectations? So how about you start off by defining what your expectations are for Cameron Johnson? And then second, is he going to live up to him? 
you know, I just mentioned the four that can maybe make an all-star team, but Cameron Johnson, a lot in a lot of people's eyes, is that guy that can maybe be an all-star. He's going to get paid. We talked about that in the last pod. He'll get paid. There's just so much potential. I was always a big Cameron Johnson fan. I think the year before, he was so fucking good for the Suns, especially in the playoffs. But last year, I feel like he kind of fell off. I don't think he was the same guy. And, of course, injuries lingered. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what to expect. I'm actually way more worried about him this year than ever. I don't have a lot of hope. They play him, Mikhail Bridges, and DeAndre and play so well together. But there's something like my gut is telling me, though, it's not going to be a good year for him. I just don't, I don't see it. But I hope I'm wrong. He's a fucking great player if he can stay healthy. But that's the one thing that's just driving me fucking nuts. He gets hurt every time he gets going. Every time he gets going, mm-hmm. there's always an injury. Always. He's the one guy that leaves the game. And you're like, wait, where the fuck did he go? And he's out for two or three weeks. Like yeah. That's the way he is. And it drives me crazy. And I hope it doesn't happen. But that's just the player he is right now. So I don't know what else to expect. Dagoon in the chat says, the problem is they are playing Cam at the four and he's going to get gooned by bigger players. Uh, I'll start off with expectation for Cam Johnson. You know, my expectation for him is about 14 points as a starter, you know, probably about six rebounds a game. If 14 and six is my expectation, is he going to meet those expectations? I feel like the answer is yes. I think that he's going to meet my expectations. I think that he's going to have a muted role. We're used to him scoring a little bit more when he is starting because, you know, Devin Booker was out or DeAndre Ayton was out or somebody was out and he was there to kind of take some of that offensive load. And obviously what he did on the bench, he was the primary scorer coming off the bench behind Cameron Payne. So I think that, you know, as a contributor, 14 and six, I think that's solid. And I think that he has the capacity to do that. Now, obviously you stated a lot of reasons as to why we should be worried. Primarily it's, it's injury based. And, you know, in a perfect world, he stays healthy. He comes back uh, 14 and six. I think that I'm, I'm pretty sure that he's going to meet at least my expectations. Exceed them, I'm not sure. Uh, I think that DeAndre Ayton's really going to take a leap this year, and a lot of you know he's going to get a lot more usage, and at least at least I hope uh, he's going to get a lot more usage. And that being said, a lot of those shot opportunities are going to go more towards Da than it is for Cameron Johnson. But I hope he exceeds my expectations on the boards because if your power forward is averaging six rebounds a game as a starting power forward, you're you're not doing great. Right, either that or your team is shooting like seventy percent from the field every night. And there's no rebounds to get, so <laughs> yeah, I uh, I, I'm really hoping that he he le- he meets my expectations, exceeding them. I don't know if he's going to do that. Uh, are we sure, Matthew, that Jay Crowder is gone? Oh, I don't think we're sure because he's not gone yet, right? Yeah, but I think he's gonna. <laughs> the yeah. saga continues. <laughs> um, that would be a weird thing for him to come back. I don't think it's a thing where he's gonna come back, but. I don't think we're sure whether or not he's going to go to a team and start. That's the thing that's crazy. Like, is he going to get that team that he can start on? Who knows? But the thing is, I I kind of want him back now because of Cameron Johnson. It's like, oh, never mind. It's kind of like when you punch somebody <laughs> in the face that's bigger than you and they don't even move. It's like, wait, wait, hold on. Here, hold I, was on. Just, I was just kidding. I was just kidding. I was just joking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now it's just like, okay. But no, it'd be funny for him to come back and be the guy that can start for us until he's traded or something, but that's not going to happen. Right. That'd be so fucking awkward. Um, I think he's gone though. For sure. He's gone. It's interesting. So for those of you who are watching the solar panel podcast that we were on before this one, I'm telling you what, I'm getting pretty tired of talking. Uh, <laughs> Dave, Dave King thinks he'll be back by the end of the, the week. I don't, I don't think so. I, I think he's gone. You know, I can see the argument, the Suns, right? Well, it's just like, I don't know if it's worse for the Suns because I think the Suns can absorb that kind of hit. I, I think Jay will feel like a fool, you know, making the, yeah. the hype video and doing all this stuff. And then he's like, yeah, no, guys, just kidding. You know, it's kind of like Tom Brady leaving for 11 days in training camp just because he doesn't want to be there because he's an old vet. And he's like, I don't need to be at training camp. Like maybe Jay Crowder kind of did the same thing. But if that's the case, he did it the way wrong way. But I think that he's finding that his value is not what he thought it was. And to your point, like mm-hmm. if he's going to go to a team and be a starter, it's going to be a shitty team. So it's like, does he want to do that? Now, that being said, he every game he doesn't play, like he's losing money and he's on the final year of a deal and his value has decreased because it's the back end of a, a three-year deal. It's the last one, so it's an expiring contract. So not a lot of people are like lining up to give away quality assets for an ex- expiring contract. But I think we've seen the last of Jay Crowder with the Suns and it sucks. You know, it's like, thank you, Jay, for everything that you did for this team, this organization. Best of luck wherever we end up shipping you to. But uh, I don't, I, I'm pretty sure that we've seen the last of Jay Crowder. So overdramatic, man. So overdramatic. Uh, are we sure Cameron Payne is the right answer at backup point guard? 
We're not sure. We weren't sure last not year. Sure. There's nothing that's changed that. Uh, there's a way he's been playing of late where he even looks and it feels like the guy that's not going to be our backup point guard. That's the one thing, man. It's like we got to get that guy. And I'm not sure he is, and I don't know if he's ever going to be. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I'm kind of hoping come trade deadline that we dish him. I do. You know, unfortunately, I don't think he's going to play well enough to be dishable. No one's going to want to take on Cameron Payne unless they're just looking to get rid of an asset of their own. You know, maybe the Lakers are trying to get rid of uh, Russell Westbrook and we have to use him in a trade. That's the only that, like that's the only scenario you'd see Cameron Payne actually leave is to help build yeah. a contract and, and then they just wave his ass. You know, it's just I think, as, as I mentioned before, the best basketball is behind him. And I hope to God I'm wrong, man. Man, I hope I'm wrong on Cameron Payne this year. But I just I have you know, you're talking about your gut feeling about Cameron Johnson. That's the gut feeling I have about the other Cam, man. Mm-hmm. Campaign, I just I feel like we, we've seen his peak. And I don't feel like, you know, he might go off every now and then for 20 a game or something, but it's going to be few and far between and it'll be fleeting moments. And I think that he's going to just have some issues and we're going to be questioning, you know, what is James Jones going to do to correct the situation? Cause you need a backup point guard. It's probably one of the most valuable positions on this team, considering Chris Paul is at the age that he is. And we need to try to maximize his effectiveness in the playoffs. So we have to negate a lot of his starting minutes and maybe even, you know, do some load management. And if campaigns out there running with the starters, I, I don't see it working. I don't see it working. No, that's one of those things where it's keeping James Jones up because he needs to make that move to get us a backup point guard. But they believe in him. And there's just too many things that we've seen where it's just going the other way for him where we're just not excited anymore. Yeah, it's just you you, you want him to do great, but man, it's just yeah, like we do. it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable what he offers. Mm-hmm. You know, and you take a look at his contract and, and he's – uh, got a non-guaranteed going into next season. Um, so that's something to consider. And he's only a $6 million a year guy. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see when it comes to Cameron Payne. But again, I'm not sure. To answer the question, I'm not sure either. Are we sure that Jock Landell will be as productive as we think that he is going to be? This is a nice limo. Yes, it is. Now suck my jack. Landale. You can sure? go to uh, jock my <laughs> suckmyjock.com. That just plays on a loop. <laughs> 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 like, I'm sure you set that up, huh, John? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, work, I'll work on that later. Okay. Um, am I sure? Yes, I, I believe it. In my gut, I feel like this is a guy. He's not going to be amazing every night, but he's definitely a dude you want coming off your bench. He's playing for a team that has an opportunity to win something, and I think that's what he wants. Mm-hmm. And he's the only guy that I think can get away with saying the C word and everyone being okay with it. Oh, like yeah, he's, guy, he's, he's an all C. Wrong. Yeah, this guy could do no wrong. So uh, I'm excited for him, man. This year's going to be good for him. Yeah, I mean, I'm giving a preview. We're going to be doing our jammies soon uh, before the season mm-hmm. starts. I don't know exactly when. Um, but one of the things is kind of like our version of the most improved player. And, yeah, Jock Landell is going to be my most improved player. I think that yeah. he's going to. The opportunity is there. I think that's one thing. You mentioned the fact that he's going to be playing for a contender, which he's going to be excited for. That's the the second factor. Uh, He's got the hustle. Uh, He shot 32% from beyond the arc for the Spurs last season. I think that increases to 35, 36. Nothing that's horrible. Nothing that's, you know, uh, 40%. But I think that he's going to be an absolute force for this team. And he's going to absolutely live up to um, the production that we think he's going to have. All right, yeah. two more two more questions on the are we sure? Matthew, are we sure that the Suns window is still open? Yes, yes, it's open as long as Booker's on the Suns, as long as he's our guy, we always it's going to be open. The thing is everyone has to remember and keep this in in your mind going into the season and into the playoffs. Remember the Bucks where the Bucks kept and we talked about this last pod where someone brought it up, it was such a good point. The Bucks were a team that always were contesting, and then everyone just kind of gave up on them. Everyone gave up on Giannis. Giannis mm-hmm. wasn't even like a top five or six player for a lot of people, even top ten going into their championship season. Everyone gave up on the same trade. Trade Middleton. Middleton sucks. Why is Middleton an All Star now? He can't be replaced. Like think of just keep thinking of that because that team was so they were they were just they were washed away by everybody now of course they won now they're the favorite every year now Giannis is the mvp every year yes so as long as we have that's my takeaway is booker is like our Giannis, not as dominant yet 
But Booker is our Giannis, where as long as Booker's on this team, we have a chance. And the surroundings around him, they keep growing. He got three or four more years with this team, as long as they don't break up and the chemistry stays right. Yeah, you know, a window is tough because a lot of people nationally think that the window for the Suns was the past two seasons and they swung and they missed. And I, I disagree because, to your point, yes, Devin Booker. With Devin Booker, you got to fight and chance. And two, Mikael Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, like these are young guys who are entering their prime, and the Suns got them locked down. They got a steal of a contract for Mikael Bridges. They yeah. got DeAndre Ayton now on a contract. Kind of a steal, that, too. Kind right? of a steal, too, considering yeah. in two years, like that could be, you know, $15 million more a year that he could be making. So James Jones has this team set up nicely. It's a matter of plugging and playing and finding the right – uh, assets to go around this team. You know, obviously Chris Paul is getting ready to walk off into the sunset. And that's one of the challenges with this team is, you know, what is his production going to be this year? But it still doesn't say, no, this team is their windows closed. Cause Chris Paul is still a hall of famer. He's still an all-star as you know, the past couple seasons, we'll see what his regression looks like this season, but this team is primed and ready to surprise some people. And that's, what's nice. You know, again, I say they're going to go 49 and 33 because I think the, the regular season, they just don't care as much about it anymore. They know it's all about making the playoffs. So if 49 wins equals like a four seed or, or even a five seed, I think that they're comfortable with that knowing that this team is experienced, they're battle tested and they're ready to make an impact. And again, there's nothing that's going to fuel this team more than everybody doubting them. Because last season, everyone stopped doubting them. They won 64 games. They were the finals yeah, last year. Everybody loved this team. Oh, yeah, they were massive favorites entering the playoffs. And, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, some of the hype, they might have believed it. They might have not. They, they might not have believed the hype. But, you know what, they performed like they did. And, therefore, you know, I, I think that this team's window is still open. Um, I was going to ask, are we sure the Suns will win 52 and a half games? But I feel <laughs> like we've already talked about that ad nauseum. Matthew, yeah. do you have any are, you, are we sure you want to throw out there? Um, the art, the, the whole thing with Chris Paul, I think is kind of underlooked where we're talking about his minutes. Like, are we sure like he's actually going to be cut minutes from Monty? Like, I don't think that's, that's a good a question. Yeah. I, I don't think, I it think is, until too. they actually think... find their SGA or something, this, and if Payne can be that guy, then yes, but he was that guy before kind of, but he's still Chris Paul still played a lot of minutes. He's older. I just think that Chris Paul still going to be playing those many minutes, maybe one or two less, but it's still gonna be a lot of minutes this year. No, I, I agree with that. I don't think we're going to see a lot less of Chris Paul when it comes to minutes per game. You know, you take a look at how the Phoenix Suns used him last season. Uh, he played in 32.9 minutes per game. That was his highest total in four years. Uh, gosh, going back one, two, three, one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to find a season where he had less than 32.9. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It was his most minutes per game in seven seasons since 2014 slash 15 with the Clippers. When he was 29 years old, he averaged 34.8. 32.9 is what he averaged last season. And generally around 31 is what you'll get. What I think with, with Chris Paul is we're going to see load management. We're going to see not less minutes a game, but less games played. You know, last season he played in 65 of the 82 and that was due to injury. I think on those back-to-backs again in Portland, you might see him have a game off. Because that's the only way that Monty could truly take Chris Paul out of the game. Because if Chris Paul suited up, he's playing. And he's going to tell you to get bent otherwise. But if he's if if uh, Monty Williams is like, no, no, listen, you're, you're not playing tonight. Like, sit over there in, in your street clothes. Then he can't get in the game. And you know what? Maybe he'll, you know, he can act as the coach and all that stuff. But I really think that that's how they're going to manage him this season. It's not going to be minutes. It'll be less minutes than 32.9. It'll probably be more along like 30, 31. But it'll be less games played strategically. Yeah, if he can put up with that mentally, if he's okay with that, I just think that's going to kill crush Chris Paul because he's been this way his whole career. So yeah, I but just, he's but he's got to understand he turned thirty. I know, but it's not sucked. like it's not like Westbrook where it's just like, hey, you got to go on the bench. You know what I mean? It's just like Chris Paul still is dominant as a point guard. Yeah, he got sick or whatever in the playoffs, but he's still that guy, man. And it's so fun for him to be on a team where they're winning. I just think, of course, but I don't, like, I don't think they'll play. be winning that much. So we'll see. You're, just really quick about that too. So if that starts to happen, if they just kind of like take games off or whatever, and people start sitting, we have to remember John said this and everything's going to be fine. You know what I mean? Everything will eventually work out where we might get on a roll or something. Yeah, March so- and April start to get on a roll. Just yeah, I'm just happen. saying everyone's going to be jumping out their windows at the suns over oh, 500 yeah. by all-star break. But, We'll be okay, I guess. You have got to talk me down off the ledge. Well, we'll be pod. talking each other <laughs> down off the ledge yeah. after every post game show. A reminder to everybody: the Suns Jam Session podcast live 
after every single Phoenix Suns game. So come join us right here on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter. If you're listening to the pod, uh, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. If you're on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review. Hit the thumbs up button down below. Uh, subscribe on YouTube as well. Uh, but yeah, we'll be live trying to talk each other off the ledge all season long. That's what I'm calling. It's not going to be easy like <laughs> it was last year, man, where we did 82 games and only 18 of them when we lost. And even those losses were like, yeah, well, you know, fuck, you know, you lose some. Yeah, no, I I, <laughs> I think it's going to be more the same as last year, kind of. I don't know. Sorry. We'll see. We'll see. So I don't like it. That's all like I've it. got. We've talked for two and a half hours about fucking Phoenix Suns basketball oh, on a yeah, Saturday morning. Right. It's time to actually start my morning. I think I'm going to go take a shower. So I'm going to go take a shit. <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, on that <laughs> note, Matthew, you can follow me at Darth Void. You can follow the show uh, at Suns Jam, Sun on, Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can follow Matthew, uh, Matthew let's see. into the shitter. And on that note, Go home and shit your family. Oh, no. Shit. Oh, jeez. Whoa. Whoa. That will work. <laughs>